Isaiah chapter 43, and this is familiar scripture, I'm certain. Chapter 43, verse 19. Well, verse 18 and verse 19. Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Let's pray. Father, thank you for our time together in this house. Thank you for what we've already experienced in your presence in such a wonderful way. Thank you for the word of God. Your word is the answer to every question and every problem in life. Thank you for the wisdom of your word today. Speak to our hearts. Lord, thank you for the anointing that will rest upon us to hear your word, receive your word, and to do your word. Thank you, God, for what you have done, what you are doing, and what you will do. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. and amen. Hallelujah. After this, I spoke about this a few weeks ago. After this, and then another phrase was this, it came to pass. Two very similar phrases, similar to what's next. Both of them, all three of them, powerful because they speak of and point us to the future. Remember, the scripture I just read says, Remember ye not the former things. In other words, God, He's not telling you to lose your memory, but He's telling you don't use the past to try to determine the future. Don't use the past to try to hold me to what I'll do in the future because I'm so glad God is bigger than that. He's bigger than your past. No matter how good it was, He's bigger than that. So all of these phrases, all three of these phrases after this, uh, it came to pass. What's next? They all speak of and point us to the future. They tell us that this is not all there is. There's more. I don't know about anybody else, but I will say for myself, I'm glad for an after this. I'm glad for, and it came to pass. Hallelujah. I'm glad it came to pass. Is in the Bible. It came to pass, I believe, are four of the most powerful words in the Bible. It didn't come to stay. It came to pass. Hallelujah. In other words, it's a temporary inconvenience. No matter how good or how bad the season is, remember this, dear friend. It's a season and seasons change. I, I want you to understand me when I say this. I am extremely grateful and thankful for every blessing God has brought into my life. I am not unthankful. I am not ungrateful. But at the same time, there's something inside me that keeps pushing me and telling me that there's more. There's a voice inside of me that keeps telling me, you haven't seen anything yet. Hallelujah. I was asking God, what is the word for our house? What is the word for us, for Grover Beach Pentecostal Church of God, as we move forward? And I heard the Lord say, what's next? What's next? What's the next 
step? What's the next level? What's the next anointing? What's the next challenge? What's the next door? What's the next book? What's the next song? What's the next testimony? What's the next trip? What's next? What does next look like to you? What's the difference between now and next? The difference is there's something in next that I don't have in now. There's something in next that makes me want to push and makes me want to press through my now to get to my next. I begin to meditate on those words that I feel the Holy Spirit spoke to me. What's next? What's next for the world? What's What's next for America? What's next for California? What's next for the church of the Lord Jesus Christ? What's next for our church? What's next for you personally as an individual? You see, friend, before we're a body collectively, we're individuals. As I thought on this and meditated on this, I thought about how many people live with a twist of fate or turn of faith mentality. Fate, F-A-T-E, not fate, fate. A twist of turn or a turn of faith mentality. As though what's going to happen is just going to happen and we just have to learn how to adjust and how to deal with the fallout. Now listen, I think they call that a fatalist. Well, I guess I used to be a kind of fatalist. I didn't know it. I didn't really understand it. But now I can look back and see that at least to some degree I was. Because I used to think that life was just going to happen whether I liked it, whether I didn't, good or bad, it didn't matter. I just had to keep floating down the river of life and wherever it took me and wherever I ended up, then that's where I was supposed to be. I think that's fatalist. So the words, what next, meant to me that I was fearfully questioning the uncertainty of my future because I really didn't understand I had any power over my future. But when I got the revelation of living intentionally, I got a special what's next anointing. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I don't know about you, but I've got a what's next anointing. Oh, yeah. Instead of sitting around waiting for the future to slap me in the face, I'm taking charge of my destiny. Carpe diem. What does that mean? It means seize the day. Most people live their lives floating downstream wherever the current takes them. But there are few people that are like the salmon. Look at your neighbor and ask your neighbor, say, neighbor, neighbor. are you like the salmon? Tell him, say, I don't know what the salmon's like. <laughs> well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you. The salmon, they're a kind of super fish. They can live both in fresh water and salt water. They might travel hundreds, this, I researched this, hundreds or even thousands of miles over a lifetime. Salmon are born in fresh water and live most of their lives, adult lives, in the ocean. 
From two to six years of age, mature salmon will return to the waters where they were hatched to reproduce. This is always, this is what the research told me, this is always, not almost, not sometimes, it is always a demanding trip upstream home to spawn. Migration is extremely difficult. Salmon often have to navigate fish ladders in dams and other human created obstacles along the way. But friend, can I tell you something? Any old fish, any old dead fish can float downstream, can go with the flow and let the current carry them wherever. But it takes a live fish with some grit, some gumption, some determination and a sense of purpose to go against the flow and to fight their way upstream to fulfill their destiny. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, you're not looking at a dead fish. <laughs> are there any fighters in the house? Or all we are floaters? <laughs> Let me give you a revelation. Much of what God does, now we always hear people talking about God doing this and God doing that and we're waiting on God to do this and Waiting on God to do that. But let me tell you something. Much of what God does is a direct reaction to our actions. In other words, what you do first determines what God does second. What you say first determines what God does second or next. Let me give you some examples. Give, it says, then it will be given to you. Ask, it says, then you shall receive. Hunger and thirst, it says, then you shall be filled. Knock, the Bible says, then the door will be opened. Speak to the mountain, then it will be removed. Draw near to God, then he will draw near to you. Seek, then ye shall find. Lay hands on the sick, then they shall recover. Call on the Lord, then He will answer you. What's next? Look at your neighbor and say, what's next? Uh, it sounds mysterious just to ask the question, what's next? But there's really not a mystery to it at all. Because let me tell you something, friend, this is a shock and this is a real revelation to me. But you and I are deciding what's next. We're deciding every day what's next. We are deciding every day. We're making choices. We're making decisions. We're sowing seeds that are deciding our next season. I told you this morning, my brother Greg, he's an awesome piano player. Very anointed. I always admired his ability to play the piano. I really wanted to play the piano, but I just assumed God had given me the talent to play the guitar, but not the piano. Until one day, I put my desire into an action. I sat down at a piano in a Baptist church where I worked as a janitor, and I started trying to play it. I was terrible. My timing was terrible. I hit more wrong notes than right notes. I scared myself. I beat myself up. 
I told myself after that day, you were right all the time. You are not called or anointed to play the piano. It is not your gift. It wasn't meant for you to play the piano. But, my friend, I had a desire. I had a desire in me that wouldn't go away. And so I knew I was lousy. I knew it sounded horrible. I knew it would scare me and anybody that heard it. But I just kept practicing. I would go in early before work. And, and sometimes I would stay late. So sometimes it was 30 minutes a day. Sometimes an hour a day. But I just kept practicing. And I got better. I got better. And I'm getting better all the time. For one reason. Because I am practicing. I'm sowing the time to learn how to play the piano. So what's next? I will play the piano. Yes, amen. What's next for you? What's in your future? What's the desire in your heart? What stirs you? What excites you? What energizes you? What do you wish you could do? Where do you wish you could go? What do you wish you had? Remember the secret of your future is hidden in your daily routine. What you do daily determines who you become permanently. No mystery. What's next? You could have told me that. What's next? That bothered me. That scared me. That, that frightened me. That, that was a, a mystery to me. What's next? Years ago, if someone would have came to me and said, Pastor or Terry, what's next in your life? I would have shrugged my shoulders. I would have said, who knows? Yeah. Or how should I know? Yeah. Or your guess is as good as mine. But beloved, I didn't go to sleep one night and wake up in the morning with the ability to play the guitar. I had a desire. Started when I was a little baby. I had a, wanted a, a guitar in my hands, a little plastic guitar. Walking around with it all the time, plunking on it. Till my grandpa got me a, a wooden guitar. He had to carve the keys for it out of wood. I had the desire, but it took a lot of hard work and practice. First song I ever learned how to play was Hold the Fort for I Am Coming. I took that book home and I wrote on the top of every place where a chord change was. I wrote the chord and I chose the hardest key for me at the time which was F because I didn't want to start with the easy ones. I wanted to start with the hard ones. So I worked on it and worked on it and worked on it till if I was watching and looking at the book I could play it and it sounded like I knew what I was doing. But it was hard work and practice. Same with piano. It's hard work. It's practice. There's effort involved. The same is true about writing my books. They don't write themselves. There's a lot of hard work. There's a lot of time. There's a lot of energy. There's a lot of thought. There's a lot of emotion. There's a lot of prayer involved in them. The same is true of every message that I preach. There's prayer. There's time. There's thought. There's effort involved in it. If you came to me in the middle of my writing and you said, what's next? I would say to you, this is a sermon in process and it will probably be a chapter in a book. I didn't go to bed one night, wake up the next morning, and I was a pastor. There's been a lot of intentionality about it. I want to be a pastor. I care about people. I've been through a lot of process 
to bring me to this point. So I have a question today for you. What's next? What are you dreaming about? What are you praying about? What fills your mind through the day? And secondly, what are you doing to see that come to pass? How much are you investing into your future? Let me give you some very unspiritual truth, but very practical wisdom. There is no harvest without a seed sown. I say unspiritual because they don't make you want to shout when you hear them. No harvest without a seed sown. The door will never open to you without knocking. The mountain will never move for you without speaking to it. The future you desire will not come to you. (laughs) Let me surprise you. No one is going to knock on your door with the future you desire wrapped up in a beautiful package with a pretty bow on it. And say, here you go. Everything you've ever dreamed of. Everything you've ever desired. Everything you've ever imagined. Here you go. It's not going to happen. If you don't like your present, you must create the future you want. If you don't like your present, don't waste your energy complaining about it. Invest your energies to change it. Listen, millionaires are not born. Disciples are not born. Apostles and prophets and pastors and teachers and evangelists are not born. They're made. You have to make Create, build, train, teach, learn, grow (laughs) into the man you're called to be, into the person. I've never seen these people that can take, look, got all quiet right there. It's like, that was a big shock right there. They're not. I see this little kid on some show, I don't remember, America's Got Talent or something. He's doing Rubik's Cubes. How many's ever done a Rubik's Cube? Me too. Try it. I have never, ever really completed a Rubik's Cube. This kid did three of them while juggling them. Three of them while juggling them. They're in the air and he's turning them while they're in the air. All three of them. In a time limit. A very short amount of time. I promise you, he wasn't born one day, and the next day he was juggling Rubik's cubes and turning them. That was work. It may be something that you have never invested any time or energy into, but I promise you, that was work. That took a lot of effort, a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of work, a lot of training, a lot of learning to bring him to the point where in just a couple of minutes he could take three Rubik's cube, throw them up in the air, and do them, turn them, and put them all in the right place. <laughs> and it's, it's amazing. It's not the gift or the talent or the skill that I am ambitious for, but I understand the work that went into that. And I understand if I want to be the best that I can be, I've got to work at it. If I want to be the best that I can be, I've got to grow myself. I've got to train myself. 
I gotta labor. I gotta teach myself. I gotta. I gotta sometimes scold myself. I gotta not only scold myself. I gotta build myself up. Sometimes you gotta pat yourself on the back and say, "Hey, you're doing a good job. You're doing good work." <laughs> Hallelujah. David, the Bible said, encourage himself in the Lord. You've got to know how to encourage yourself in the Lord. You must make up your mind. If you want to be successful, you must create success. The Bible is our success manual. Everybody say, the Bible is my success manual. The Bible says, this book of the law, this is Joshua 1 and 8. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then God will make you prosperous and give you lots of money and make you rich. That's not what it says. It says, then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and thou shalt have good success. In other words, then you will do the right things at the right time. Make the right decisions. Make the right turns. Make the right negotiations. You will say the right things. Do the right things. Because you have wisdom and you have knowledge that comes from the success manual. God's holy word. Hallelujah. If you want to be blessed, you've got to follow the manual. The Bible says all these blessings will come upon thee and overtake you if you will hearken diligently unto my voice and do according to my word. Success is no mystery. Prosperity is no mystery. It is the reward for obedience. I wish, as I'm drawing to a close, I wish I had a special anointing to make everybody successful. I would grease up my hands real good. I would pour this oil all over my hands. I would have everybody come up here in a line, and I would rub it all over your head. And I would turn you loose and I would say, now go and prosper. <laughs> but I can't do it. I cannot do it. And no man of God or woman of God can. Because God set it up on a plan of participation. God set this thing up on a plan of partnership. He supplies the power we supply the footwork. He designs our destiny. We have to discover it. He gives us the armor. We have to put it on. He gives us His Word. We have to apply it. Oh, hallelujah. What's next? What's next? I'm closing today with those words. What's next? When I used to hear those words, those words would bother me. But they don't bother me anymore because I'm not looking at the future as though I'm some helpless victim. I'm not a helpless victim of whatever tomorrow throws at me, whatever the future throws at me. I feel like the salmon today. I feel like i got a salmon anointing and it's making me fearless. Hallelujah. What are you talking about? I feel like the anointing is preparing me for my future and it doesn't matter what's next. I am equipped for it. I am preparing for it. I'm excited about my future. I'm passionate about my future. I am preparing myself for 
my future. I am cultivating myself for my future. And I am creating the future that I desire every day. What's next? What's next? What's next? I feel like that salmon. I'm ready to swim upstream. I'm ready to fight the current. I don't need everybody. I don't need everything to agree with me. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I love you. But you don't have to agree with me. I love you. But I can make it. You've got to understand. As much as we love people, you've got to understand, everybody don't have to agree with you for you to get to where God is calling you. Everybody don't have to agree with you for you to walk in your anointing. There might be some people that disagree with you. There might be some people that will never believe in you and never accept you. So be it, man. Walk on into your next. Hallelujah. What are you so excited about, Pastor? I'm excited about next. Amen. How can you be so excited about next? You don't know what next is. Oh, yes, yes I do. Yes. See? Yes. That's the difference between today and years ago. Yeah. I know what I've been sowing. Right. I know what I've been praying. Hallelujah. I know what I've been cultivating. I know the prayers we've been praying in this house. I know the investment of time that's been going on. I know the people that come here on Thursday and been doing it for over two years and praying faithfully and diligently, putting their time in praying and joining our faith together. I know, I know some things that are coming because I know what's been put in the ground. I know the seed that's gone in the ground. Oh, But see, if you haven't put any seed in the ground, it's hard to get excited about what's next. Because if you haven't sown anything, you don't know what to expect. Except more of the same. The definition of insanity is to do the same thing you've always done and expect a different result. If you do the same thing you've always done, you'll get the same thing you've always got. You sow the same thing you've always sown, you get the same thing you've always got. Somebody said, I give, I give $5 a month, even when it's difficult. Listen, I'm not contrary, and I'm not critical of small giving. Understand that. I'm not critical of that. But I'm asking you, if that's your mindset, if that's your level, and you're saying, I don't understand why I can never get ahead. I don't understand why I never get a real blessing or why I never get a real breakthrough. Well, you do what you've always done. You get what you always got. Yeah. Your harvest never changes till your seed changes. You want a different harvest, you sow a different seed. You want a bigger harvest, you sow a bigger seed. You reap in proportion to your seed sowing. I know what's coming next to a large degree because I know the seeds that I'm sowing. And my secret of my future is hidden in my daily routine. I could hang around you for a day or two days or a week. And I could tell you without a crystal ball what's coming in your future. Because your everyday routine tells 
What's next? What's the first thing you do when you get up in the morning? Well, the first thing I do, Pastor, is I've got to have my coffee. <laughs> coffee is more important than talking to God. What's the first thing you read in the morning? Oh, Pastor, well, the first thing I read in the morning is that I love my Reader's Digest. I've just got to read a little bit of the Reader's Digest. What's the first thing you think about when you wake up in the morning? Well, I, I think about what I didn't finish last night. Or do you think about how good God is? Do you think about what an exciting future He's prepared for you? Do you think about how wonderful it is to know Him and to serve Him? To grow in His grace and His knowledge. I'm sharing with you today at 58 years old what has been some of the most powerful revelations I've ever received. And I'm bringing to you in such simplicity that you might miss it, but I'm praying you don't. I don't want to live life like the dead fish that's just relying on the current to take me wherever it's going. And then wherever it takes me, I end up there and say, well, this must be where I'm supposed to be because this is where the current took me. No, my friend, God never said you wouldn't have to fight upstream. God never said everything would always be easy. Do you understand if Paul the Apostle judged his calling and his success by the difficulties he faced, he would have quit. If he would have looked at the way people treated him and beat him, perils of his, of his own countrymen, people that he knew, people that he came out from among, if he would have judged his calling and his effectiveness by the circumstances and the hardships and the trials and the tests and the difficulties and the adversity that he had to face, he would have quit and he would have said, this can't be God's will for me. The will of God, God never said his will would make your life the easiest. He said it would make it the most fulfilling, the most fruitful, the most productive. And he never said we wouldn't go through hard times. He said, I will never leave you. I'm almost done. I feel like that salmon today. I'm ready to swim upstream. Ready to fight the current. Don't need everybody and everything to agree with me. If God said I can have it, I can have it. If God said I can do it, I can do it. If God said it's mine, it is mine. If God said I can go there, I can go there. If God said I'm blessed, then I am blessed. If God said I'm the head and not the tail, my friend, then I am. If God said I'm the lender and not the borrower, that's who I am. If God said I'm more than a conqueror, then bless God, I'm more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. If God said I've given you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, then I am able to tread down any serpent and any scorpion that raises his head up against me. For greater is he than is in me than he Oh, hallelujah. Come on, stand to your feet.
today and lift your hands in the air and begin to bless him in this house. I'm not afraid of what's next. I'm not worried about what's next. I'm not dreading what's next. I'm excited about what's next. I'm not remembering the former things. I'm not letting my past determine my future. I've got an exciting future. I'm determining to go after my future with passion, with desire, with intention. I'm not a fatalist. I'm not a fatalist. I live by faith. I walk by faith and not by sight. I walk by faith and confidence in the word of the living God. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall never pass away. Oh, hallelujah. 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 I picked up a book some time ago. And I started to read it. And I thought to myself, and this is no reflection on John Maxwell. And I thought to myself and I started reading it. I surely thought a man of this stature would have something more to say that would have more of an impact on my life. I, I, I don't know about you, but I, I'm just going to confess to you for myself. I'm kind of a person where even if I don't like to admit it, I do like shortcuts. I, I just do. I'm just, sometimes I just, I just, I'm looking for the for the book, I'm looking for the person, for the word, for the wisdom, for the for that that's going to help me get there quick. And so I just opened that book and I'm really looking for something that's really got some punch. And it really speaks to me. It's really spiritual. You know, it makes me want to shout. And I couldn't hardly find anything to shout about on any pages in the whole book. But when I got through reading it, Something had caught in my spirit about living intentionally and changed my life. And now when I think, what's next? I'm excited because I know the seeds that were sown and I know that on the authority of the Word of God, whatever a man sows, whatever a church sows, Whatever a people sows, that shall they also reap. So what's next? Oh, glory. What's next? It's going to be good. What's next? It's going to be grand. It's going to be great. It's going to be glorious. And what's next is going to be beyond now. Let me just say this. If there wasn't anything in my next that caught my heart and my desire, if there wasn't anything in my next that was greater than my now, I would never leave my now. If there wasn't something in my future that was pulling on me and speaking to me and calling me, I would never leave my now.
is so exciting that I can't hardly wait to get there. But at the same time, I'm so thankful for my now. Because it took me a whole life to get here. Can you just raise your hands right now and thank God for His love and mercy and faithfulness? Can you do that all over this house? Just lift your hands and thank Him for His faithfulness. God has brought us all a long ways. He's brought us all a long ways. Father, we're so grateful and so thankful for every blessing that you have poured out upon our lives. For every blessing, Lord, every way, financially, materially, relationships, Lord, health for our bodies, Lord. A church family like this, Lord, the blessings of God that make rich and they add no sorrow. We are so thankful for where we are right now. And where we are right now makes us excited about our next. Hallelujah. 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 How many feel like you've heard from God today? How many feel like you've got a word that can make a difference in your life? I don't want to preach just to entertain people, but when I'm done, I want somebody to have a word that they can work with. I want somebody to have a word that they can fight with, that you can fight discouragement with, that you can fight fear with, that you can fight dread with, that you can fight the devil with. And I believe... God has given us a word today. Hallelujah. You haven't seen anything. Yet. You haven't seen anything. Right here, right now, God is doing something powerful. Come on, put your hands together. Go ahead and praise God. Oh, how can you be so excited? I'll tell you how. Because I know the seeds that have been sown. And I know that as surely as seeds are sown, harvest is on the way. And you know what I found out about harvest? I found out sometimes it may look like nothing's happening. It may look like it's going the opposite way. And then all of a sudden, that thing will switch. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I'm decreeing, declaring, we're getting ready to see us suddenly in this house. We're getting ready to see us suddenly. Hallelujah. Suddenly, God will show up. Suddenly, the script will flip. And we will see glory like we've never seen before. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this service today. Thank you for the word of God. Thank you for the hunger that is in this people. Thank you for the desire and the passion, Lord, to reach and to be everything that we can be and that you've destined us to be. You have called us, chosen us, anointed us, and appointed us for such a time as this. This is our greatest hour. And what's next, Lord, is greater than anything in the past. You said, remember not the former things. Lord, you're not telling us 
to lose our memory and lose our mind, but you're telling us that what you're getting ready to do in our next is so much greater than the former thing. Oh, the glory of the latter house shall be greater than that of the former house. And Lord, though our beginning was small, yet our latter end will greatly increase. And we thank you, O God, for what you're doing in our midst. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I want you as you're missing today, shake hands, look at your neighbor, five or six people, and say, I'm a fighter, not a floater.